Welcome back to Plot Trist, everyone. This is Meg. And I'm Lane. And today we're going to be talking about A Rogue by Any Other Name by Sarah McLean. So this is Sarah's second series, mm-hmm. I believe. So the first one is The Love by Numbers. We've talked about at least some of those books previously. Mm-hmm. And this series is The Rules of Scoundrels. The Rules of Scoundrels, which is about just these men who have been outcast from society and now run a gambling den. Which, you want to talk about trope number one. The gambling den? Like, men who have fallen from grace, yeah. either getting wrapped up running casinos yeah. or involved with casinos. Or, or they lose their reputation because, and, and it, no, excuse me, they lose their money and then they don't care about their reputation so they make all their money back by running a gambling hell. And women who attempt to become ruined. By going to the gambling hell. hell. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's... There's a lot going on in the historical romance world with gambling hells. Yes, so just take that, do with that what you will, but know that this all of these all of the novels in the series have to do with with the gambling hell. And so Sarah McLean, I believe, has three series out, and all of them are somehow intertwined. I don't know how typical that is of the genre. I th- I don't think it's atypical. Okay. Yeah. So the the heroine of this one is Lady Penelope Marbury, yes. who was scorned in the 12. Love by Numbers series. Yes, yes, yes. She was. She was, was 11. No, no, it was the 12. Okay. Uh, no, there was no 12, so it was definitely 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Lane. <laughs> you were 100% correct on that one. Yes, yeah, so she was the, she was scorned. I don't think she cared that much about being scorned. No. Because she was, she knew she wasn't in love with him, and she knew that he was in love with the person he ended up with. And she's so. a huge catch. She's, her father's a double Earl or a double Marquis. Double Marquis or something, yeah. And so she's... The oldest of five sisters, or no? The, I think the oldest of three. No, the the two older are married. Oh, so they're she's, married. She's okay, the middle so she's of five, the, but gotcha. the two older ones are already married off, and she, um, apparently, she and her younger sisters have not been married off since she had this broken engagement. Right, right. So she is somehow ruins their chances. But she's marriage. still gotten proposals? It's sort of unclear. Yeah, it's it's odd. And her father, of course, thinks that this is untenable. There's some something. He's got to fix the situation. He's got to figure it out. So he ups her dowry. Yeah. To include... The neighboring property. Yes, the neighboring property, so which happens to be the property of the Marquis of Bourne, yes. who is one of the aforementioned fallen from grace members of the aristocracy now running a gaming hell. Yes, the and FYI, the name of this gaming hell is the Fallen Angel. And there's a giant stained glass window of Lucifer. Yeah, fallen over the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's very. The imagery is like as right. this ex-Catholic is totally here for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and not only that, he lost this estate to his cousin in a card game. I don't think it was his cousin. It was, there were were like three pieces of property. Right. One is Penelope Marbury's family. One is Bourne's family. And then the third was this other family who became the war, Michael became their ward when his father died. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a cousin, but it was I thought it was like an uncle. But anyway, there's some kind of familial slash, uh, you know, link there. Yes. So even if they're not actually related by blood there is some kind of relationship but he was the there. guardian yes. that was the big thing right so basically this guy handled the estates for michael yes. while michael was growing up michael is the marquis of born yes and i'm talking about him like i know him. we're best friends me and mike me and mike um but so he managed the estates and so then upon michael coming into majority he took the property from him in a gaming match in, in a gaming match yeah, it, yeah. it was he... poker i believe 
Possibly. Of some kind. I don't know. It, it was it, cards because he it was like, cards. It was definitely cards. I don't know if it was poker or if it was cribbage or if it was whatever, whatever. that other game they play all the time. 21. Blackjack. <laughs> no, no, not 21. It's the other, it is the other game that they play all the time. Whist. Whist. Or something okay. like that. Anyway. He loses it in, in a game of cards. No, I think it's Vantayong. Because at the end, anyway, yeah. No, you're right, it is. It's definitely Vincent, yeah. So so he loses everything in this card match. He builds himself up. He now refuses to gamble. Yeah, I know. He doesn't gamble even though he runs the game. A gaming hell. And so the the two main characters, the protagonists, were close as children. Yes. And so they, they wrote all these letters back and forth, but then upon his ruination, he sort of cut off all contact with her. Yeah, after his... His father died or his mother died. And he um, lost everything. And he lost everything. Yeah, he, he did not feel like he could um, continue the relationship. And so his life, subsequent to losing everything, has been focused on revenge. Yes. He wants this property back, mm-hmm. and he wants to get revenge on the trusted advisor who took it yes. from him. Yeah, that's, that's all he lives for. That's all he wants. Well, and he also wants to regain his property as well. Yes. Um, because he, he is a Marquess, and so he's, he has a responsibility to the estate. And he's gotten everything back except the main holding. Right. Which is here. Which now somehow Lady Penelope's father has gotten a hold of, and he makes, he adds it to her dowry. So, Michael comes back, the Marquess of Bourne comes back to the estate. Yes. And one night he finds Lady Penelope... Wandering yes. in the woods. Yes, she goes out because she can't sleep, and she sees him, and she's, like, super excited to see him. And, I mean, the only reason he came back was to kidnap her and marry her. Which... Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. Not marry her. He just wanted to kidnap her and, like, blackmail her father into giving him the property. I don't think he meant to get married. Although... He may have. I, I think I don't, he did. I don't think he would have cared if they got married, but I also don't think that he necessarily wanted no, to. No, I think his plan was to ruin her and marry her. Okay. Well, we could be remembering this differently. Maybe. But anyway. Um, he finds her and he's like, yes, she's fallen into my hands. I'm such a bad boy. I'm going to kidnap her. So he kidnaps her um, and takes her to the abandoned house on his estate which is like crumbling down it's a total like yeah decrepit pile at this point dilapidated pile yeah and and there he he kind of he convinces her to marry him um he he convinces her to do it and then he also they do have some kind an an explicit sexual encounter yes he does not consummate the marriage right but they have an encounter and then she's like she's like i'm so happy he came back right she spent the last 10 years missing him yeah and he like they do whatever they i think he goes down on her yeah that okay yes i think he goes down on her and then he like leaves her yeah well he he doesn't leave her because he stays there overnight but then they wake up and he's like i mean he leaves her like in the bed in the bed alone and the next morning they wake up and her father's shooting at the house yeah and that's when he's like, I've ruined your daughter. I'm taking her. She's like, mine. This is married. over. Um, and then, the, so the whole setup is a little, eh, not, and no, there's, don't love it. The, the guy who took his fortune also had a son who she's still friendly with. Oh, yeah, they're friends. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so there was rumors that. Oh, and then he also and proposed she, to her and she was considering it. And she told him, she, she tells the Marquis of Bourne that she is engaged to this other guy. Yeah. 
And he's like, not anymore. So that's sort of, and this is super minor spoilers because this is the very beginning. It's like the, literally the first three chapters. Not even, I think. So at this point, he takes her to his house where he like effectively abandons her. Yeah. Like, so I will say the beginning oh, of the book. she agrees to marry him because he agrees to get her sisters married off. Yeah. That's that, which he's, she's going to win in the bargain. And that he will minimize the scandal. Right. So that said, I didn't love the beginning. Agreed. I started to like it a little more when she convinces him that they have to pass it off as a love match. So I actually really enjoyed this part. She's like, look, no one's going to believe there's going to be a scandal unless we can convince everyone that I, we've been waiting for each other for 10 years. Like you left, you were ruined, you regained your fortune and you came back to get me. And I was really happy to see you. So she manages to convince him to do this. And I um, really liked how that played out. Mm -hmm. You know, because they have to go out in society and and convince everyone that they're in love. Right. And that he didn't just want the property. Right. Because clearly that is everyone's speculation. Um, So I I quite enjoyed them having to play act that they were in love. No, of course. Is it play acting on her part? No, because she's been in love with him for 10 years. Is it play acting on his part? No, it's not. But does he recognize it? So that's that's probably my biggest gripe with this <laughs> is talk about a book where everything could have been resolved if the two mm. people had just been like, no, I would have married you because I wanted to regardless of the rest of the circumstances. Well, but she, do- she says that. She does tell him that. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows that. He's the one who... For some reason, and then it is weird. Like, I don't know why he doesn't want to admit that he's in love with her. There's no good reason for it. It's very strange. Yeah. Other And so basically, the the big scandal is that they, they find out that the, the guy who took everything from him does have a secret. Mm-hmm. And he now wants to do everything not just to have this property, but to totally ruin yeah, the totally guy. Yeah, totally ruin him. And she is very against him doing this, yeah. both because of what it means for him personally and because the guy's son, who she's still friends with, would be implicated in the damages and she yeah. doesn't want him to get caught up in all of this. Yes. And so the the conflict other than the will they acknowledge that they have feelings for each other that yeah. are mutual is will he essentially become irredeemable in her eyes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that Sarah McLean does in throughout this series. Like I want to state, I really like her as an author. I really mm-hmm. liked Nine Rules to Break, and I've started reading her series after this, mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed it so yeah. far. These four books and the last one of The Love by Numbers, man, she sucks at writing bad boys. Yeah, yes. Like, Leighton is too bad, Born starts off too bad, and then they all become, like, fake bad? Yeah. Where they're just misunderstood, and, like, I don't know. One of my big pet peeves with this series as a whole is... She doesn't know where the line is of actually dangerous versus yeah. just a jerk. Yeah. Well, and we t- we have talked about this before, but neither of us love a bad boy. Yeah. You know, like I would much rather have just like a, a, a nice guy. You Who know? then like cuts off someone's head for me. Well, I mean, if he has to cut off someone's head, he's going to do it for me. Exactly. He's not going to do it for any other reason. So these these characters are just really petty. Yeah. And then suddenly they're not. And even she, she was written as a real wallflower. Yeah. 
And I think it's interesting the way she came on into her own in this one. And I yeah. think this was one of the better ones in the series yes. of like her justification for coming into her own to save him made yeah. sense to me. Yeah. And she didn't really seem out of character, but he did yeah. at times. I, I liked Lady Penelope. I liked her transformation from the previous novel where she was introduced um, to this one to, you know, why she was still in love with him. I, I really liked that she was the one who said, no, we have to act like we're in love. Yes. I liked it. So I liked a lot. I did like a lot of it. There was stuff I didn't like, but yes. I, I liked a lot of it. So anything else that you feel like in terms of the way it's written? I mean, you de- Sarah McLean is definitely a better writer in this one than she was in her first series. You yeah. can tell that she's getting progressively better. Yeah, this this definitely was either had a better editor or better self-edited. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely no issues there for me. Uh, the writing itself, there was no, there's nothing jarring. Um, I, I honestly can't think of anything specific that she that she does. Yeah, that you know I think is a little weird literarily, but we'll see. They get into the rules of scoundrels thing a lot yeah. in this series. Like, she really does rely on her yeah. title, yeah. like, the series title as a whole. Right. Like, you're educating me in how to be bad, right? Yeah. And that's a little bit eye-rolly, but it's also kind of fun, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, that, I'm not, I don't hate it. Um, okay, so, uh, as usual, we are going to describe this in a randomly generated number. And then the number this time was two. So, um, do you want to go first here, Lane? No. No? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I will go, and I will just say, so I, I guess I will say, so it's really hard to do just two. So I'm going to say, Wallflower, Bad Boy. And Bad Boy is, it is a compound word. So it's one word. That's all I got for you. Ugh. I'm going to go with dowry drama. Ooh, dowry. I like it. Lane is, you're just, she's much better at titles and like stuff than I am, so. That was a good one. Good one, Lane. Really, if like nail polish namer were a whole career, that's what I would have done. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, So tropes. I will say the the big trope, well, we, we already talked about one of them. But the other one is that, you know, that somehow there's this first love that turns into a forever love. Like, how many novels have you read where she, like, and she doesn't even know him, but, like, somehow she sees him, like, she's too young for him, and she sees him from atop the stairs, and he's doing something, and she's like, oh, I just love him so much. And he's, like, her ideal of masculinity, and then somehow they end up together. Well, I also think this really pushes the love as redemptive mm. from that angle because he's really lost himself. He's lost everything he had. And he's yeah. gotten that back. He's gotten the property back, but he hasn't gotten himself back. Yeah. So only his first love can really return and forgive his sins yeah. and save him. Yeah. So that that would be the big trope. Yeah. That, that I saw. Besides, There's also the ending is sort of tropey. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I don't want to get into what it is, but it's definitely like yeah let's just say that it it wraps everything up in a big bow and um it 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 is the only ending that this book could have had yes truly it is the only ending this book could have had yes okay 100 percent um sexiness i did not as you probably have already guessed i did not love their first sex scene it was very i found it very coercive um 
Yeah, you are in both of their heads, and they're both thinking such different things mm-hmm. about it, and it is really for the express purpose of ruining her. Yeah. So I, I didn't love it. Um, He's also, like, full beast mode at that point. Like, <laughs> right? it's straight up Beauty and the Beast. Like, he finds her wandering his property throws her over his shoulder and takes her into his gross house and like in the kitchen he's just being as mean to her as he possibly can be yeah so like what's leading up to that moment even though you know they're both like still into each other on some level is not inherently sexy no no it's not um so i the, the first encounter not a fan um i like that they kind of go back to ground zero after that so she's like okay well we're not gonna consummate this relationship until I feel comfortable with it so I like that she resets the relationship Mm -hmm. and I like I do like so remember they they're pretending to be in love and as part of their pretending to be in love they you know make out at their friends houses are you thinking about the more they get caught by the guy who later proposes his sister yes yes and it's it's great and they're just kissing like because they're in the hallway at this dinner party that she's made him go to yeah and I, th- I think that's when he sort of starts realizing, well, wait a minute, if I act like I'm in love, maybe I'm actually in love, you know? And it's, it's one of those misunderstandings times a thousand because she sees the person watching them and thinks he just did it to, for, that, but... for the attention and he totally didn't yeah. and he's just totally enamored with her. Isn't one of their other hookups like definitively inebriated? You know what? Maybe. I'm not sure. So, of course, he, like, sticks her in this house. He abandons her. But they have adjoining bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So she, like, goes into his room mm. and drinks his whiskey and hangs out in his bed. I think so, but I think he also doesn't do anything because he's like, you, you're, you're too drunk. That, so yeah. that's, that's, that gets rem- a thumbs up. Yeah, I, th- I remember that, like, feeling like it could have gone squicky and yeah, then being and ultimately okay with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But ultimately, I just felt like these two characters... We're written to have all of this history. Mm-hmm. And I sort of don't feel like she quite got me to why she forgave him. Yeah. Or why he reformed for her. Yeah. Yeah, besides the fact that they have been in love all along, apparently. And I, that's it. Sarah McLean, I can think of a couple of scenes off the top of my head where just the characters kissing really mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. Like, and that's not to say she doesn't write good sex scenes, but I'm thinking particularly of that kiss in the friend's house uh-huh. and the Georgiana kiss outside yes. of the party. Like, uh-huh. they were toe-curling. Yeah. then that's a different novel, but in the same series that I'm sure we'll... We'll get to eventually. I'm sure we'll eventually talk about it. So, offensiveness. I would say the thing that bugged me the most about this book was that... It ended up that the, so if we know that the father wants her to get married and that's why he adds this estate to her dowry. But in the end it comes out that all along her father has just wanted the best for his daughter and he knows that she's in love with Michael so he wants to have her Mary born. And so that's why he added that particular piece to her dowry. So I hated that. I did not like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this one necessarily affects offended me other than like the beast mode stuff yeah. at the beginning we talked about I was just from the beginning I was a little bit like eh, I'm not sure I'm into this and it yeah. never quite got over it yeah. again for me I I would rather because if he's gonna 
if his whole point was to marry her anyway, I really didn't understand why he, the first encounter was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was confused by the book. Because she was like, so when, when he finds her on his property, she's like very, very excited and happy to see him. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. It's so great. Like, she greets him and she's like very happy. And wouldn't it just been easier for him to be like, yeah, I came back for you. Let's get married. Even if he thought he was faking it. Right, right. Like, even if his tactic of manipulation was, I'm going to pretend to be in love with her. Exactly. Because clearly she's cool with this. Exactly. Yeah, he he was just so rough around the edges. Yeah, well, I, and also, it was like, I thought he definitely would have been more of a bad boy if he had been manipulative than the fact that he's, fundamentally, he's being honest and saying, well, I don't really love you, but since we have to get married, let's just do it anyway, you know? Right. Like, uh, we talked about how this bad boy is not working for us. Yeah. The way he's bad. So overall, I didn't hate this book. Yeah. Like, there are passages that are fun. I think Sarah McLean is... I like the cast at the Angel. Yeah. Like, I think she she kind of built that world up really nicely. There were a couple of really hot scenes. Yeah. On the whole, I don't think this is my favorite of her series. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily where I'd recommend someone start it if they'd never read her before. Yeah. But I wouldn't, if you know you like Sarah McLean, check it out because yeah. I think even what the things that we're sort of nitpicking here, you know if you've read her. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, so speaking of like secondary characters, I, I liked the secondary characters in this book, which we've talked about that Sarah McLean does pretty well. Mm-hmm. So like I really liked um, his partners in the gambling den. I like how they could tell that he was falling in love with her before he could. So like just like little things like that that, that seemed kind of true to life. I yes. mean, how many times have you had a crush on someone but you didn't want to admit it to yourself and your friends were like, yeah, you like him? You know yes. what I mean? Like, it was kind of like that. I liked it. I liked her relationship with her sisters. I thought it was well done. I really liked the youngest sister. Uh-huh. Who none of the yes. books are about. She sort of gets paired off with the guy who catches the guy them she, hooking up Well, with. She, she gets paired up with the guy she wants to be paired up with. Yeah, but it's very low drama. It's in yeah. the background, but she's a hoot. Mm-hmm. She's really um, One of the other sisters is the star of the second book, so I'm sure we'll talk about that eventually. Yes, we but will. We will talk about it. She's less fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and yes. We'll get there. Yes, we'll, yes, we'll get there. So, on the whole, I think neither one of us would say start here. Yeah, but also it is not offensive enough to to be a do not read. Agreed. I would say read it, especially if you know you like her. Yes. All right. So, that could, uh, once again, this was A Rogue by Any Other Name by Sarah McLean, the first book in the Rules of Scoundrels series. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, hope you have enjoyed the podcast, and... If you did, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you have any recommendations for books you'd like us to review, you can reach us by uh, sending us a direct message on Instagram. We're at Plotris, or uh, at uh, Plotris at gmail.com. If you have any addition, like anything you want us to cover, or, you know, if you agreed or disagree with our review, we'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.